0: Although we both identify as Roman Catholic, our aim is not to convert or convince. We have no official affiliation with any religious body and present here only our own interpretations and opinions of these stories. We understand and expect that some listeners may not have spiritual belief in certain aspects of these events, but we hope you find value in them as historical narratives which are inextricably tied to the times, places, cultures, and spiritual beliefs of the people who lived and retold them. Due to age and variable documentation practices, we cannot guarantee the historical accuracy of these stories.
1: Hey everybody, this is A Martyr and a Monk. This is Christina. And
0: that's Victoria. So today, our story, I'm just going to preface with it. This is just approximately a billion firsts. Um, Every rabbit hole I went down, they're like, oh yeah, this is the first time somebody did this. And I was like, great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Spectacular.
0: Yeah, so it's actually pretty exciting. Um, So to get right into it, I'm going to give you a little, I'm going to give you why I chose this person first. Ooh, and interesting. Then, and then you'll you'll understand why there's going to be a lot of firsts. Okay. So we are going to, today we're going to discuss the life of Episcopalian turned Catholic, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, who later becomes the first American born person to be canonized by the Catholic Church. Uh, mm. Yeah. It's pretty interesting, and later I'll get into why this name... Is the name Seton
1: familiar to you at all, for any reason? It is, but I feel like I've got it wrong. Okay. (laughs) Like, I know what I think it is, but I'm also very sure that that's not what she is. Okay. So. All right. Um, So, also, this story takes
0: place kind of in, like, three parts, as I noticed. So, even her Wikipedia page is, like, three parts. Okay. Um, so her early life, her married life, and then her religious life. Okay. And we've got sources as we do. So we've got Wikipedia sites for Elizabeth Ann Seton and her father, which I forget his name, Richard Bailey. Um, and uh Catholic.org about Elizabeth Ann Seton, uh the Seton Shrine dot org, and Britannica dot com about Elizabeth Ann Seton as well. Okay. So, for the first time in a while, we're back to sort of modern times. And by modern, I mean 1774.
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) She's older than America. Exactly. Just a little bit.
0: So, this story starts in 1774 with the birth of Elizabeth Ann Bailey to her parents, Dr. Richard Bailey and Catherine Charlton. Uh, If you're an American, you may notice that she was born two years before the American Revolution, uh, which was marked by the signing of the Declaration of Independence in 1776. Um, Obviously, she's an infant, so she's not really involved (laughs) in the American Revolution, because she's two when it starts. Uh, But obviously her family are adults and are around at this time. Right. And it's a little bit impressive that she survives and that Honestly, we don't really hear much about the American Revolution (laughs) in this story, which I find odd, uh, a little suspicious, but we'll get into it. Uh, So her family was living in New York City at the time, and pretty much for this whole story, Uh, and apparently both her mother and her father's families were both some of the earliest European settlers in New York or the Mm. New England area. Fancy.
1: Yeah, they're both from like long settler kind of. so there it's wild to think that even in 1770 whatever that there were people who could have been there for 200 years
0: yeah like that's wild wild. (laughs) yeah um elizabeth's father was a doctor as i mentioned and he is actually the first ever get into the first right off the bat (laughs) he was first ever chief health officer for the port of new york Uh, which means that he was attending to immigrants arriving in the New York ports looking for contagious diseases, etc. Mm -hmm. He was also the first American surgeon to successfully amputate an arm at the shoulder.
1: That's an interesting... (laughs) I don't even, like, know how to process that. Surely somebody (laughs) must have done it successfully before then. Well, he's the first American surgeon, so...
0: Uh, okay. England's been doing it. Other places have been doing it. He's the first one who was
1: born in America who then did it okay. in America. Okay. I guess they haven't had a war yet. Not like a big huge numbers of dead yet. I'm not sure when the amputation took place. <laughs> I don't know if it was That's like true. when he was young. Maybe it or, was a war, maybe it was a war wound. Possibly.
0: Um he also began some of the earliest cataract surgeries. Gross
1: uh yeah. Don't want anyone in seventeen eighty messing around with my eyes. i <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Uh yeah, we'll see why in a hot second. Oh, uh in seventeen eighty
0: eight, him and his surgery were attacked in the seventeen eighty eight doctors riot, which was where the lay people were pissed at how doctors were obtaining corpses for dissection. Oh, I think I know about this actually. Yeah, so for anybody who doesn't know, at the time the easiest way to get a corpse for a doctor to learn from was to hire criminals to raid graves and the people who buried their family member really don't want the person's grade raided (laughs) yep fair yeah Yeah. so uh yeah people were pissed and so they attack him and his, his like um doctor's office and ultimately his collections which i'm assuming are anatomical collections which is kind of gross uh were destroyed and burned but he escaped okay and uh just after this he becomes uh one of the first professors of anatomy at columbia college which you may know today as columbia university or just columbia
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, little background on columbia to kind of give you a context of of the religious path of elizabeth and her family and the time period, Mm -hmm. if you aren't familiar with it. Uh so Columbia University was founded on the grounds of Trinity Church in Manhattan in seventeen fifty four. It is a Church of England Trinity Church is a Church of England church, not a Catholic church. Um and Columbia was a royal university, i. e. supported by the King of England until seventeen seventy six. It was called King's College from seventeen fifty four to seventeen eighty four, after which it was renamed Columbia College and then Columbia University. Hmm. Interesting.
1: Yes. I never really thought about there being like British universities here or there, mm-hmm. I guess.
0: Yep. Hmm. So obviously, I think it's kind of funny, though, that it was named um, King's College until 1784,
1: <laughs> which is <laughs> they were a just hot crazy. second. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, that's a, that's also a thing I've noticed that a lot of um what we call universities now, especially like the Ivy Leagues, which tend to be really old. Used to be called colleges. Well, college just means that they don't have all of the things. Well, I don't know that that's what that meant at the time. I think think that's what it means now.
1: I think it probably did mean that at the time, too. Hmm. And then at some point they got big enough to become a university. They just weren't then. That would be my guess. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) Yeah. Well, anyway, he
0: is, uh, her dad is one of the first surgeon teachery dudes at Columbia. Good for him. Fun. Uh, So overall, he seems to have been pretty successful. And I'm betting that they were pretty well off for the time. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm not betting they were well off for the time (laughs) based on her hobbies that we get into later. Um, (laughs) And that all sounds good and dandy um except that in by 1801 her father dr richard bailey eventually dies of yellow fever that he contracted while checking a ship that arrived in port um Mm. being the chief health officer of new york not great you can get Um, vaccines for that now yes yellow fever was like a big thing in this story well it'll come up again later um Mm. But again, Elizabeth is born in 1774, and Richard doesn't die until 1801. So, what did they do in the American Revolution? Uh, he didn't die in the American Revolution, obviously. Um, he lived in 1801, but he was a Loyalist. Boo! Yeah. <laughs> in, in 1776, apparently, he was actually in England doing some more surgery study things. Uh-huh. Um, and so, when it When the declaration was declared, um, he came back and, as a loyalist, enlisted in the British army as a surgeon. Hmm. But, uh, this is where it gets a little suspicious. He was only active for less than one year, because in 1777, Elizabeth's mother uh, and Richard's wife becomes ill, and so he returns returns home, and then shortly after, she dies in 1777
1: and then he doesn't go back
0: and then after leaving the army to see his wife he doesn't take part in any more of the revolution activities for either side which i find unlikely i mean maybe but i'm like he definitely didn't fight he wasn't serving as a surgeon anymore Mm -hmm. but i'm like were you really not helping with like any organization i feel
1: like all we hear about for the American Revolution in school is, like, what the people in, like, small towns in rural areas were doing and, like, making local militias and stuff. But I don't yeah, really absolutely. know anything about, like, what were people in New York City doing. Well,
0: also, especially since New York, according to my knowledge came from the uh, Broadway show Hamilton, New York was pretty messed up. Because it yes. was the cap. it was considered like the most powerful, it was considered the capital.
1: Yeah. I would think there'd be a lot of fighting, but maybe not Maybe not a lot of organizing.
0: I don't know. But yeah, so he apparently doesn't participate after this. uh, Presumably because he was very sad. Um, But uh, contrary to him being very sad, uh, after her mother's death, he
1: remarries like a year later. Well, Christina, he can't be expected to take care of his own children. This is true. So he remarries. Mm -hmm. He actually remarries
0: into the Roosevelt family.
1: Oh, that's maybe not, maybe not a big deal then, but it would be a big deal now.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's definitely not, but it is Roosevelt ancestors. Like, it's the Roosevelt family. So, um, they have either seven more or five more children hmm. with the uh, new wife. Uh, I say seven or five because one site said five and named them, and one site said seven and named them, and that's not including the two daughters that uh Bailey already had including Elizabeth so Elizabeth and her older sister um
1: from the first wife
0: existed yeah from yeah. the first wife and then the new wife they either had five
1: more or seven more maybe they had seven but two of them died in infancy or something
0: yeah i'm thinking it's something along those lines or they had even more and the total number ended up being seven mm. so five survived and then they had the two yeah. uh daughters it's unclear but so they had a, a bunch more kids um and actually with a new wife the a grandson of Bailey and the new wife mm-hmm. uh named James Roosevelt Bailey actually becomes a Roman Catholic bishop for Newark and then archbishop for Baltimore and he's a bishop from 1853
1: to 1877 until he dies fancy wait is the new is the stepwife's new wife stepmom lady catholic no i don't think so oh, okay <laughs> Wait, I think is there...
0: everybody's Episcopalian. Okay. Everybody's Church of England because they're okay. loyalists. They're very Church of England. Okay, will also talk about that later, too. Okay. Um, As for Elizabeth's mother, her OG birth mom, mm-hmm. her name was Catherine Charlton, as I said. She was a daughter of a Church of England priest. And so Elizabeth, uh, until she was like three at least, was raised in what becomes known as the Episcopal Church. Uh, Elizabeth's mother dies in 1777, they think probably due to complications after the birth of Elizabeth's younger sister, also named Catherine, Mm -hmm. after her mother. Um, So they think the baby died pretty soon after birth, and then mom died a few weeks or a few months after.
1: Yeah, infections Um, and stuff.
0: Yeah. So something was wrong with that pregnancy, and takes elizabeth's sister and her mother both of which are named catherine confusing yes so mom dies in 1777 elizabeth is three i do not have any information about elizabeth's older sister or how old she was they just say she was older they don't tell us her name no idea okay (laughs) um so i don't know yeah it was it seemed odd to me that people weren't listing her name but nobody is um like i said after her death richard remarries um supposedly because he cared for his daughters and wanted his daughters to have a mother. Mm-hmm. Who knows how true that tidbit is. Yeah. I don't know about <laughs> that. Um, but new mom was Charlotte Amelia Barclay. Like I said, part of the Roosevelt family, or I think her dad was part of the Roosevelt family. Okay, Technically she's part of the Roosevelts. Um Supposedly she's like actually nice. Um, and it seems that her and her Elizabeth and her sisters are pretty well accepted. And, um charlotte like takes elizabeth and her older sister like around on her charitable rounds and like involves them so it seems like that's going pretty well good but so they have like five to seven kids and then it ultimately have seven to nine kids depending on how you count the other two girls um but interestingly for the 1700s their marriage ends in a separation
1: are you allowed to do that
0: uh well it's supposedly they didn't get divorced because hmm. I guess they, well actually if they're episcopal maybe
1: that's the whole point of the episcopal church It's true but it would be like a cultural thing too like even if the church right. lets you people would be like mm.
0: yeah uh they just say it ends in separation so i'm assuming mm. it wasn't a legal divorce and uh uh dad i don't think gets remarried okay. so but he's
1: going to die soon anyway
0: isn't he I think they i don't know because so he he dies in 1801 we know yeah. that but he lives like pretty long because she's she's born at 1774 Elizabeth's born in 1774 yeah. and he lives to 1801 so if he was already adult he was probably like 50 ish um when he died which is not bad um but i could not like nobody seems to know what year they separated in so i have no idea how old elizabeth is Hmm. um there are some things later that suggest that she's old enough to read and write and but not old enough to be married
1: probably weren't together that long then
0: she seemed well but when she's because she writes about it later and it seems like she's probably like early
1: teens like
0: she's got enough brain to realize that
1: together for like 10-ish years
0: Yeah, Yeah. about that. And also, they've had five to seven kids, so you've got to have enough time for five (laughs) to seven kids. (laughs) So, during the separation, uh, even though it seems that Charlotte was pretty nice to the girls while they were married, uh, she rejects the two kids that are not hers during the separation, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, and then Richard just goes to England to study some more bodies. So the two girls end up staying with an aunt and uncle somewhere kind of more rural New York. Yep. Um, at this time, through Elizabeth's diaries, she's grieving the loss for what she perceived as her mother. Yeah. Um. So she Elizabeth's birth mother dies when she's three, so she probably doesn't remember her at all. Yep. Um. And if she was with her stepmom for. Even life. like five yeah five to ten years. That's basically her whole childhood. Um so she's grieving basically what she's perceiving as an abandonment by her mother. Yeah. Um and she writes about it a lot. Like we they still have all of her diaries and such. Mm-hmm. She's pretty cool. Um we also know from her diaries that she was fluent in French, um, uh, a musician on piano and a horsewoman, and that she loved nature, poetry and music.
1: She sounds like an extremely average late 1700s girl. Well, not extremely average, because they were probably rich as hell. Yeah, but that's exactly what I would expect a rich as hell kid from 1780 to be right. like. So
0: she's an average rich as hell kid. She's not an average kid. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so this further supports the idea that they were very well off, even with him remarrying and, yeah. you know, all that jazz and all the kids and et cetera. So that's pretty much what we know about Elizabeth's childhood. And now we enter phase two of her life. Okay. Um, so in 1794, she's nineteen, and she marries William Nagey, Magee McGee, unclear Seaton, uh, who is twenty five, okay. which is not a bad age gap at the time.
1: It's pretty good. Yeah, it's not great, it's not terrible. <laughs> it's not it's not the worst. It could be a
0: lot worse. <laughs> um, William is a wealthy businessman in import trade uh but he had come from an impoverished scottish noble family who had immigrated to new york and who had then c- climbed the business ladder yep um william's father uh was also a loyalist in the revolutionary war but he was scottish yep yeah. hmm. surprising <laughs> okay. yeah uh that was like i this is <laughs> odd but okay um to give you some perspective on like how so he had a bunch of connections in Italy, which becomes important later. Like, he was trading with a really big Italian trade family. Okay. Um, to the point where he becomes the first person to bring a Stradivarius violin to America.
1: What? Why would someone write that down?
0: I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I found it. Okay. So. Good for him. Yeah. He
0: seems pretty cool. Um, he seems like a well-made match. She seems, uh, according to all of the accounts, she's like actually in love with him like they really yeah, like nice. each other so they're high enough status that they even had the first episcopal bishop in the u.s to preside at their wedding
1: mm, fancy mm-hmm.
0: got some upper class 1700s peeps here um after they married they moved to fashionable wall street and Ooh. continued to attend the trinity episcopal church presumably the church she grew up grew up in as right. well yeah um as she does this, she treats the minister there as her spiritual advisor.
1: Hold up. I have, a, I have another question. Her husband is also Episcopalian?
0: Yeah. Well, oh, no. We'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, I think he's not religious at all at the beginning. Interesting. But she, like, ma- but he, I think him, like, internally is not religious. But he's going to church because you
1: have to, right. basically. But he's not Catholic. Well, neither of them are Catholic. They're Episcopal interesting he's scottish and a loyalist and not catholic oh yeah basically so he's just confused (laughs) i think i think it's
0: probably something to do with uh, the immigration so all i heard about was william's father and it seemed like like later william's father dies and there's nobody else to, to take care of his siblings so it seems like there is no mom like his father came over and either married here at had all those kids and then their mother died or he brought all those kids here right. by himself. Um, so it, if they were Catholic, it doesn't seem like the dad was like focused stick. on that. Yeah. He was just trying to live. <laughs> yeah, okay, And that eventually got really successful and they were fine, but yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think internally he's not religious, but his wife is very religious and you would basically have to go to church. So right, yeah. he's going. Um, so after they married, they moved to wall street and she's treating that minister as like her spiritual guidance, like they're very close apparently. Mm-hmm. And then her and her sister in law and best friend, who is named Rebecca Mary Seton, they continue their for her former stepmom's work, like nursing the sick, helping the needy, seventeen hundreds okay. charity stuff. Good.
1: She's in yeah. her early twenties. Uh,
0: I think we're still like nineteen or twenty. Okay. Like this, this is all in a very short time frame. Okay. Um. So these early marriage, years of her marriage are considered extremely happy. And she writes in her journal that she really does love William. And she's like, this is great. I'm doing fantastic. That's nice. And she she wrote, there's this quote, which, I mean, it's not old English, because it's not old English, but it's the phrasing that you're just like, <laughs> so I'll read it to you. Okay. Um, but it just says, my own home at 20, the world that and heaven too, quite impossible. So I get the vibe that she's like, wow, I have my own home at 20 and like I have a great husband. Everything's great. Everything's great. And I
1: think, but for heaven interceding, this would be impossible. Yes. Okay. That's nice. I'm glad she's having a good time.
0: Yeah. She's having a great time. She thinks it's great. Um,
1: Unfortunately, this does not last forever. Yeah, I probably could have guessed that. <laughs>
0: So all of this will not last forever. So later, William's father dies, and their fortunes aren't as great as they had been, mostly due to issues with trade leading up to the War of eighteen twelve. Okay. Uh, so we're actually much before the War, of we're still we're in like eighteen o three, basically, okay. early eighteen hundreds. But things are getting uh, stress stressy okay. <laughs> up to the War of eighteen twelve. Um, so because of this death, they need to be a little more frugal, and they end up moving all six of William's younger siblings ages seven to 17 and their own five children to a larger house where this larger house was no idea nobody would tell so me they've got
1: but 12 children basically yeah that's too many
0: but uh i'm assuming this house wasn't on like fashionable wall street anymore
1: yeah probably not
0: and then just after this uh williams trading company is bankrupt because of issues early fighting before the war of 1812 and they lose their home entirely bummer and elizabeth takes all of the children to her father's house where they live even after his death in 1801 until 1803 okay in 1803 uh the tuberculosis that william has had for their whole marriage is made worse by the stress and his doctors sent him and elizabeth and their oldest daughter to italy to recover
1: oh that's nice yeah, So they're having money problems, but they definitely should go to Italy, huh?
0: Uh, but Italy being smart, uh, they thought that they might have brought yellow fever from New York, so they quarantined them for like a month and a half or something like that.
1: Good for Italy. Italy is on top of quarantine in the old times.
0: After quarantine, at the end of 1803, William dies and is buried in Italy.
1: So her father and her husband die within like two years of each other?
0: yes and her husband's father
1: all right you forgot about him so it's three yeah. people dead that's not great yeah.
0: okay i think she also has some children die but nobody really talked about it but people talked about like in her spiritual path she has a lot of family members and children dying children uh, dying
1: like, wouldn't have been as on um, as weird it would have it a lot no but you know yeah Well, that's not great. So now she's in Italy by herself
0: with her kid? Well, one kid. with one of her, one daughter. I think right. her daughter's pretty old, to be okay. honest. Um, after he dies, turns out William had been dealing with one of the most prominent traders in Italy, Filippo and Antonio Felici?
1: Sure.
0: Uh, who were apparently very historically relevant, but I did not look much into that. <laughs> okay. Uh, who then welcome Elizabeth and her daughter into their home until they could return to New York. And in this time, the Felicis introduce Elizabeth to Catholicism. Okay. Interesting. So now we enter the third phase of her life. Okay. So in 1803, she's 29. Yep. So before 30, she has married, had five kids, taken care of seven others, and
1: been widowed. Right. So her her great situation has dipped a bit. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Okay. Her and her daughter return to New York, and then in 1805, Elizabeth becomes a member
1: of the Catholic Church. In Italy? No, in New York. In New York. So she started yeah. in Italy, but didn't actually do it. Basically,
0: so. New yeah. New basically, it seems like, so. 1803, husband dies. I think they're they're back in New York by 1803 or like 1804, hmm. around then. And then 1805, she's uh, baptized. Okay, got it. So I tried to see if I could find more on her thoughts. And why to convert? Because everybody's like, yeah, they introduced her to Catholicism, and then she's baptized in 1805. And I'm like, we don't have any thoughts on that.
1: It (laughs) seems like she was, like, pretty solidly Episcopalian. It's not like she was, like, floating aimlessly and just like, ah, sure, Catholicism. She was religious already. Yeah, that's interesting. She took it seriously. Like, it would make sense if, like, her husband was really Catholic and she got married and converted, but... Mm -hmm. No, yeah, she
0: did it on her own. um So what I did find was one reason people seem to—I don't know if they're actually getting this from her notes or not—but um but stemmed from her abandonment by her stepmother, and that she took comfort in the idea that the Mother Mary was her true mother. Hmm. But then right. I was like, "Um, don't Episcopalians also like recognize Mary? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Like, I didn't think they were that different. Anyway." Um, I also found that she was very concerned with her family's spiritual well-being, uh, such that her only consolation in her husband's death was that he had recently accepted God just before he died.
1: That's convenient.
0: Yeah. So okay. she. It seems like she's just like, like in this traumatic time. Like I don't really know what pushed her, but apparently she found something in the Catholic Church in the introduction in Italy that she wasn't getting just in the out. Episcopal yeah. church. And then she's just like, this is the way for all of my children. So fair enough. Yeah. Yep. So she's baptized at St. Peter's church in New York, which at the time was the only Catholic church in the city. And then a few years later, she's confirmed by the only Bishop in the nation, the Bishop of Baltimore, John Carroll.
1: There was only one
0: Bishop into
1: the early 1800s.
0: Yeah. So apparently just before this, uh, Like, just, like, five years before this, she, the, there was a ban on Catholicism in the colonies.
1: Interesting. The French people must not have liked that.
0: Well, the French people weren't really in the colonies, were they?
1: Yeah, they were. Of course they were.
0: I mean, a little bit, but, I mean, you have to think about It's coming off of uh, Church of England. We just had the revolution. Everybody's still basically Church of England. And then Catholicism is still, like, anti-Church of England so
1: yeah hmm. interesting
0: yeah so yeah there was not a whole lot going on for Catholicism in, in the US at this time this is all fine and dandy except that to cope with the fact that she was a widow and had 13 children to take care of or 12 12, um, 12 or 13 um, she started an academy for young ladies but when the mothers found out that she was a Catholic they withdrew their daughters well, that seems
1: like a bit of an overreaction.
0: Yes. Yeah, people do not like Catholics. Okay. Um, so that's super not good. And by 1807, so William's dead in 1803. So four years later. Yeah. She's not doing great. Um, yeah. She is
1: about to move to Canada. Why? Don't know. So, well, there would be more there'd be more Catholics in Canada. Because they definitely have French people. Yeah, that's true. Maybe
0: that's why. Couldn't find why. She was just like, I'm going to move to Canada. But just before she does, she meets a visiting French priest, and now wait for it, just wait for the last name, um, named Abbe Louis-William-Valentine de Burg Hmm.
1: <laughs> Is he related to the most esteemed Lady Catherine de Burg? I don't know.
0: I don't know, like, I don't know if that was just, like, a common name that she used in that book, but I was, I, like... This priest to me in my brain, because of that relation, is just uh, Mr. Collins. Yeah. <laughs> you just like, st- like that's who this man Except is. Except French. Except French, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So apparently, Hidden and some other priests are from the community of Sulpician or Sulpican fathers uh, who were sheltering in America during France's reign of terror. Never heard of them. Uh, neither did I, um, but they're trying to establish the first Catholic seminary in the U.S. Okay. Uh, and then I looked up what the Sulpician, Sulpican fathers were. Basically, it's just like, it's like a, it's called the Society of Priests of St. Sulpice. Um, it's a great name. Sulpice. Yeah. Seems like, um, it. it seems like the vibes of what like a monk group or a nun group are, except it's priests. So, like, they have their own missions, uh, but you also have to have, like, served your community for X number of years and X mm-hmm. number of ways to be part of it. Right. So, it's, like, sort of, like, secret society monk thing, but priests. is okay. what I got the vibe of. Okay. Um, so, it seems like, in general, they I mean, they still exist today. They're, like, in Europe, Canada, and the U.S., basically. Mm-hmm. And it seems like mostly they're kind of, like, education-y kind of vibe people. Okay. So Elizabeth meets him just before she moves to Canada and then decides to stay. And by 1809, she moves to Maryland at the Sulpician's Invitation and founds a school for Catholic girls education called St. Joseph's Academy and a free school called the Free School. Um, This free school was the first free Catholic school in America. And she then establishes a religious community in the same town called the Sisters of Charity of St. Joseph's, dedicated to caring for the children of the poor and that becomes the first congregation of religious sisters founded in the U.S. Um, the schools start the Catholic parochial school system in the U.S.
1: Are they still in the New York area?
0: They're in Maryland, but yeah. No, oh, Maryland. Okay. New England, yeah. Um, and then from this founding on, she becomes a nun, and she's known as Mother Seton. And in 1811, the sisters adopt the rules and beliefs of the Daughters of Charity, founded in France, uh, by Saint Vincent de Paul and Saint Louis de Marillac, um, and they're not called the they're called the Sisters of Charity, but they're modeled off the Daughters of yeah. Charity in France. Um, so first nuns in the U.S.
1: It's exciting,
0: yeah. Between these foundings and her death in 1821, she leads her missions and is apparently hella convincing she's highly cultured and educated for the time and has a lot of connections to high society uh, by 1818 the group establishes two more orphanages and another school good um, but then she eventually also gets tuberculosis like her husband and dies in 1821
1: at the age of 46 hmm Let's see 46 hmm
0: okay yep so not the oldest
1: but yeah not, like, she didn't die in childbirth, birth, so I guess it could be worse. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then her remains are entombed at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. So Emmits- Emmitsburg is where they went to like yeah, yeah. set up all these okay. all these things. T B H don't know where her remains were before she was canonized because the shrine is was like made for the saint. Hmm. Um but apparently they found her body. It's probably without- just in like normal family cemetery kind of thing. She might have been in something related with, like, the nunnery. Yeah,
1: the nunnery probably the has convent. its own cemetery.
0: Yeah, so yeah. maybe it was, like, easier to find her. Yeah. Um, so she is beatified in 1963 by Pope John the twenty third. I think. it's <laughs> a lot of exes and things. A bit over 100 years? 150 yeah. years? Something like that. Uh-huh. And at the time, uh, Pope John the twenty third said in a house that was very small but with ample space for charity she sowed a seed in america which by divine grace grew into a large tree that's nice Mm -hmm. and then pope paul VI canonized her in 1975 and said this quote is a little confusing but i think it's translation issues um but he said quote elizabeth ann seton is a saint saint elizabeth ann seton is an american All of us say this with special joy and with the intention of honoring the land and the nation from which she sprang forth as the first flower in the calendar of saints. Elizabeth Ann Seaton was wholly American. Rejoice for your glorious daughter, be proud of her, and know how to preserve her fruitful heritage.
1: Also nice. It's surprising to me that the first saint from the United States was a woman and not a priest. Yeah. That's surprising.
0: I don't even think the uh, de Burgh dude is
1: a priest <laughs> or uh, is a saint. saint. I guess a yeah. lot of the earlier priests wouldn't have been born in the United States. So they don't count.
0: Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, because
1: she's the first one who's born here. Yeah.
0: I'm not sure that she's the first one who worked here. Yeah, probably but not. She's but the she, first one who born yeah. here. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. And I guess if, if uh, people weren't allowed to be Catholic for a while, then you can't have priests, new priests for a while. She kinda stunts you. If you don't if you don't have a seminary. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um so in that quote he says she's the first flower in the calendar of saints. Her feast day is January fourth. I think that means that she's the first female saint in the calendar. Um good. So her feast day is January fourth, which is the day she died. She is the patron saint of seafarers and widows and Catholic schools and the loss of parents
1: surprised that there is a saint for the, specifically for the
0: loss of parents i i think it's i think when we get to the I, her main ones are seafarers and widows and then the other two
1: it's more just like if you're praying like an intention you for that for thing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's
0: you go to that person.
1: seafarers is kind of interesting i guess her family had to do with trade but i think it's think, for her husband yeah yeah you think there'd be somebody more fit for seafarers but your last guy was seafarers too wasn't he I think there's a lot of them. Like, <laughs> okay. if you traveled on a boat, you're for seafarers. <laughs> okay. I guess seafaring was super dangerous, so you need all the help you yeah. can get. Right. Okay. Um, she is also honored in the Episcopal
0: Church of the U.S. with a lesser feast in, her, in their liturgical calendar, also on, on January 4th. Hmm. Um, as for her legacy, basically, Catholic education would not exist as it does in America with, without St. Elizabeth. And today, six other religious Catholic sisters can trace their origin to Mother Seton's original founding. Um, In 1856, Seton Hall College, now called Seton Hall University in New Jersey, was named for her. And in 1885, the Sisters of Charity founded Seton Hill Junior College, now called Seton Hill University in Pennsylvania in her honor. As you can imagine, there's also a bunch of hospitals and other smaller colleges named after her. Yep. As of 2018, there are churches named after her in more than 40 states, plus Canada and Italy. And of course, uh, she founded the Sisters of Charity, which is the first religious sister group in the U.S. And she is the first U.S. person, U- first U.S. born person to be canonized in the Catholic Church.
1: That is a lot of firsts.
0: Yeah. So one of the reasons I picked her was because I had heard of Seton Hall Mm -hmm. because it's a big I think
1: I've heard of the university
0: yeah the Seton Hall University uh and then I looked it up and I came up with Seton Hill and I was like am I crazy (laughs) (laughs) I was like am I just like have I just not been paying attention reading it correctly this entire time but apparently there's two one's in New Jersey and one's in Pennsylvania but it's they're very close (laughs) yeah Seton Hall and Seton Hill okay very confusing um Also, as I mentioned, there is a shrine to her in Maryland called the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. And according to their website, which to be honest, like this place seems like a pretty cool, like historical site. Uh, But according to the website, this year in January of 2021 marked the 200th anniversary of her death. um, The shrine is a whole museum uh, Mm -hmm. and even partially a living history museum, as you will be delighted to know. Oh, I do love this. Yeah, they've got reenactments and such. Excellent. Um, They also have a few podcasts that are produced through them. So they seem to have, like, a lot of, like, a lot of education going on there. So one podcast is called Friends and Followers, and it reviews and discusses St. Elizabeth's Friends and Followers. Um, They also have one called in Reflections. And one called Father Ted Talk, where the current priest of the shrine, Father Ted, discusses readings, etc. And so you can find those on their website under, like, the podcast tab. It's pretty cool. Uh, So the shrine has a museum, a basilica, a series on Civil War sisters, a period stone house from the 1700s, and a period house from the 1810s, and a cemetery. Um, And overall, it looks just, like, very nice there. It does. I googled it. It looks very neat and parky and cute. Mm -hmm. And, like...
1: Like, real, like I bet, like, literally every Catholic school goes there oh, on yeah. an educational field trip. Oh, yeah. You know those kids in that area are sick of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They've just constantly learned about it. Yeah. Um, so,
0: if you're interested in learning more, head to their site. They have, like, a lot of information and a lot of, like, outreach and things like that. Um, And they just seem to have so much on her and the history of the U.S. at the time. Uh, because she was also just, like, an early... American woman basically. Yeah. So she leaves like a massive legacy. Um she most definitely didn't know how important it would be. I mean, nobody know, knew how important like what was the US is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um but I did find a passage that sort of sums it up. So this is a reflection by the author who I couldn't find listed of the Franciscan Media site on St. Elizabeth Seton. Uh so they say Elizabeth Seaton had no extraordinary gifts. She was not a mystic or a stigmatic. She did not prophesy or speak in tongues. She had two great devotions, abandonment to the will of God and an ardent love for the blessed sacrament. She wrote to a friend, Julia Scott, that she would prefer to exchange the world for a cave or a desert. Quote, but God has given me a great deal to do and I have always and hope always to prefer his will to every wish of my own.
1: Hmm. Also nice. Which sounds nice. Yeah. It's kind of... Like, all the saints we've done, we haven't had any who are, like, just, like, really good people, you know? (laughs) Like, we've had, like, historical and, like, academic Mm -hmm. importance. We've had healing. Yeah. But I guess, except for, well, even St. Clair, like, she's probably a fine person, but she was, that wasn't, like, her main thing, you know?
0: Yeah, because, like, that wasn't the, that wasn't really the mission of that convent she was in. I mean, they w- they took in all those orphans and stuff because that's kind of how what happened at the time. But
1: they weren't really like serving the public; they yeah, were in the same way that she is. Mm-hmm. Kind of forget yeah. that you can just be a good person and be a saint. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and she was like. Uh, it seems that every every the, a lot of the sources I said like when they were talking about her, her more religious life was that mm-hmm. she was plagued by. In her early life, she was plagued by deaths. Yep. And then, and like, sorrow from those deaths and sorrow from her le- losing her mother and all that kind of stuff. But that she was also... A lot of them said that she had issues with, like, personal misunderstandings. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, like, misunderstandings with friends and family, I guess, where she had, like, an estranged son. Huh. Where, I guess, like, some sort of argument or something like that, and she always held on to that and things things like that and a lot of that drove that and how she was raised by her stepmother and like in the in the episcopal church was just like serving people all the time
1: hmm. interesting
0: yeah so it was definitely an interesting path to catholicism and i think i think probably the the shrine has a lot more yeah. 'Cause I bet they have all of her diaries and stuff have a lot more on exactly
1: why. But it's it is very weird that the first American saint wasn't even born Catholic. Yeah. And it's not like she converted when she was like four. Like right. she's well into adulthood.
0: Yeah. She was like twenty six, something yeah. like that. 29, That's, 26,
1: 29, wild. 31,
0: something like that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and she was only uh she was only a saint for like twenty ish years. Or not a saint. A Catholic. Catholic, yeah. <laughs> she's only a Catholic for fifteen to twenty years. Yeah. Uh But, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I would be interesting to learn more about her reasoning and what she thought was different about
1: Catholicism
0: Catholicism versus Episcopalian. It's also
1: surprising that, like, she must have known her husband's, like, business associates, kind of. But Mm -hmm. they're not like, you know, it's not like your grandma or like your best friend. She'd probably never met them. Yeah, you wouldn't think you'd put that much stock in the stuff they have to say.
0: But yeah, the, that, that shrine looks really, really interesting. And I mean, it, it helps that you're a saint of who's the first of something. So yeah. everybody's like, we should write this down and like, hold on to it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, I had heard of, I mean, I had heard of Seton through the universities, but I also didn't know that it was a woman. No, me neither. Didn't know she was a first. I kind of thought she might be kind of like early US times. Didn't even know
1: that she was a- religious person and not like a doctor or something.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I've had a thought. Hang on. I need to Google it before I say it out loud.
0: But yeah, those Italian guys, I guess they must have just been really nice and been like, oh, I'm sorry, your husband died here. (laughs) You can go stay with us for a while, I guess.
1: Oh, no. Okay. Never mind. My thought is nothing. Oh. When you were telling me that story, it just like sounded very familiar and I was trying to figure out where I would have heard about it. And uh, then I thought that maybe I heard it on the dollop, like the dollop, the other podcast oh, that they did a, yeah. an episode about this because a lot of this like sounded like the thing about them getting married by the f- bishop of whatever. And I was like, I oh. feel like I've heard this before, but it's not. It's not it's just a similar person who was alive at a similar time. Oh, whose name was also Elizabeth, but not Seton Hall. It was a different name. <laughs> <So>. Oh, OK. <laughs> oh, coincidence. so it, just like similar stories. You yeah, don't think it's just similar. No, this person. Now that I've seen her name, this person is a socialite and not a saint for oh, sure. Gotcha. <laughs> They're not the same person. <laughs> I also, I also found that like a ton of like
0: Catholic schools and Catholic universities have like libraries or shrine like things yeah. named after her. It's the because- kind of thing you
1: do because like you name your your school after the local bishop or whoever, but then you're mm-hmm. like, mm, we should have a girl. Yeah, who is yeah. a girl <laughs> related to to yeah. a, like education? Yeah, of that kind of. And stuff. you're just yeah. like everyone defaults to the same person. Yeah, yeah and sense. there's
0: only a couple people like that. It's like Saint Isaac Jogues, but yeah, she was she's is pretty cool and a lot of firsts and a lot of interesting family members and like a weird, weird but a weird time, but like interesting in terms of like Catholic history and U.S. history.
1: Yeah, you would think if they because you said they have a lot of her um like notebooks and diaries and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Surprising yeah. that from those you can't tell why she converted. I bet it seems. I suppose there's probably a lot of them.
0: A lot of the site. Oh yeah, <laughs> a lot of the sites pretty much like say the exact same thing. Like they're all copying from somewhere. Yeah. Um, and even the the shrine site, like they have like a little bio about her, uh, but it's not very long. Huh. And I I got more information from the Wikipedia page than I did from their site so i am betting that they have a lot more that's been like either academically published or that they have at the shrine but because they want people to come to the shrine they don't put it all up there um but i also think from their their podcast like there two the p- two people who host that friends and followers podcast mm-hmm. are um like two interpreters who have worked there for like over a decade um so i think they probably know a lot yeah, and probably talk about a lot um, which might be where some of that information comes from so I think if you wanted to like really dig into it you could go to the shrine and they would have a lot of it um, because they also have like just masses there all yeah. the time and stuff so that's that's their entire focus um, but it seems like not a whole lot is on the internet hmm
1: yeah you'd think that more would be available since she's so popular
0: Well, I'm also wondering if she really is that popular. She seems very, she seems like she would be well-known now on the East Coast.
1: Yeah, I guess maybe she wasn't popular then, especially if Catholics weren't popular.
0: Yeah, so I think she's popular now on the East Coast, especially with a lot of, like, pretty large Catholic populations on the East Coast. But, yeah, like, we don't really have, she's not really, like, I don't know anything from where we're from that's named named Seton. Like, it seems like um, a lot of the stuff that's named after her is on the East Coast yeah, um, because of the history of that. But pretty much everybody else, the rest of the country, like, doesn't really pay attention to yeah. colonial stuff. So they're like, mm, nah, it's good. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> so I think if you grew up, I mean, people can let us know if you grew up on the East Coast.
1: This name means more you, to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, did you know about this? Have you heard about this a lot, like, in school or anything like that?
1: But hmm. I feel like yeah. I can vaguely remember because we had a deck of like cards when we were kids that had saints on them with like mm-hmm. little blurbs about their stories, and I Maybe can feel have stolen them <laughs> I don't know if she was, still has. Them. I was home.
0: I should have. I think. Oh, mom definitely has them. Huh. For sure, I should have taken them. Though. I can
1: feel. I feel like I can see, like just barely at the edge of my brain, like the picture of her mm-hmm. on one of those. Mm. It probably stood out
0: to you because she's always depicted in like. 1700s y clothes. Yeah, and
1: not a robe. A robe, yeah. From <laughs> a gray the robe. 30 yeah. hundreds. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, she's like in the, and even the like little symbol on, if you look, if you go to like the um, shrine <laughs> website, her, the, their little logo is like her wearing one of those bonnets. Hmm. And not, which I find interesting because she like was a sister, but I'm not sure that they were like wearing habits.
1: I don't think they all do that.
0: I don't think they do either, but that's what I think. Because otherwise, I if they were wearing habits, you would think she would be depicted in a habit. But true, maybe they not. didn't
1: want to draw attention to themselves.
0: Yeah, maybe that's probably a good reason too. Because they kind of they probably just sort of dressed
1: normal. Yeah, normal. Yeah.
0: Um But yeah, so that website is I think it's Seat and Shrine. Yeah, Seat and dot org. And it's got a lot of info and a lot of stuff. Yeah. Cool.
1: I am still stunned that the first sick American say is a woman.
0: I know. It's very interesting, isn't it?
1: Yeah. That's wild.
0: Yeah. And it seems like. Take that priesty dudes. <laughs> yeah. Take that priesty dudes. Also like there. It's not even like, Oh, she just happens to be the first. It seems like there were really no other choices. <laughs> no. Like if you go up far back, I mean, you've got to, I mean, it's gotta be in the time frame where people are settling
1: the U S yeah. basically um oh I hold up is she she can't be the oldest in time see? no she's just the one first the first
0: she, one who was canonized right Right. okay so there are ones that were like that lived uh, before indigenous her. that yeah. that lived before her but Didn't um get, yeah got in terms later. of like yeah in terms of like in the 60s you're looking for somebody to canonize from the u.s who has been recorded um who do we like have a lot of information about it's gonna be the person who, who started a bunch of shit <laughs> and who has uh, a bunch of nuns who are keeping track of her uh, stuff and where she's buried and mm-hmm. uh, all that stuff because she's the first mother of their group and all that kind of stuff So, yeah I but like- yeah, even, even at that time when the, we have records of stuff, it's like yeah, she's really the
1: only option <laughs> I wonder if she could get away with being Catholic easier because she was a woman, if it wasn't popular at the time. People just, like, weren't paying attention to her.
0: Probably. I think that's also probably something about why they moved to Maryland. There must have been something with, uh, must have been more Catholics there.
1: It also might have just been cheaper if she was still watching all those kids
0: well but the 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 priestie guys were like hey we're gonna put the seminary in maryland like they put everything in that town um so i think partially it's probably like we can buy land that kind of stuff (laughs) but uh, but i also wonder like otherwise it's like why maryland and i i wonder if there were other catholics there that they were like we won't be like completely kicked out i
1: don't really know anything about maryland
0: (laughs) yeah because it seemed like it seemed like the big cities were very i mean they were very episcopal because who settled? Who made the big cities? It was yeah. the English, English mainly a, English immigrants. And even if you weren't a loyalist, like your religion's your religion. Your to be Episcopal.
1: There's a tab on the Maryland Wikipedia page that says persecution of Catholics. So I think maybe oh, good. Maybe it wasn't great. <laughs> maybe not. Oh wait, that well, was but, the, wait that was in the 1600s though. Oh, man. okay. That was like Quakers and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Did you learn about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see. What century are we in? 19th century. Early nineteenth yeah. century, late seventeen hundreds, early 1800s. Yeah.
0: Well, at the by, by the time we get to Maryland, it's early eighteen hundreds.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about them on the Wikipedia page. Yeah.
0: Because wasn't I mean, is not Rhode Island next to Maryland?
1: No. Yes.
0: Where's Rhode Island
1: then? <laughs> Rhode Island is wearing Massachusetts as a hat. Oh, I was confusing Maryland and Massachusetts no maryland is where like it's next to dc right yeah
0: well anyway so that's the first american born saint canonized not necessarily the first person to live but the first one canonized cool um which is kind of surprising that the first one also wasn't until the 60s and 70s
1: I mean, remember, they had had a Italian pope for 400 years or whatever it was. They were not on top of the global unity thing. That's true. Yeah, I guess that is
0: consistent with like, the Reformation in the 60s. And then yeah. being like, we should really like, be look at the history of this in other places. Because yeah.
1: they're still Catholic. Yeah. Focusing on Italy for the next thousand years is maybe not the best plan. Not the best plan. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, good job. Oh, I'll keep an eye out and see if
0: spot any seat and stuff. Yeah, now that I know her name, especially in Italy, I find that interesting that there's things named after her in Italy. Yeah, she must have made an impression, or maybe it was just those trader guys who were like, "We should name stuff after her."
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That is weird. You'd think Italy have all their own saints. Yeah. So many. <laughs>
0: I wonder if it's more like recent where they're like, oh, this is the first American saint. We're going to start naming stuff after." her. I, I she was wonder here if for, it's like, like
1: the American months. school or something. Oh, you know? oh yeah, it might maybe. Because that would be it's like, an, who would you name it after? It's an immigrant. It's an immigrant yeah. community, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we will see you guys in a couple of weeks. Bye. Thanks, guys.